0: Welcome to On Wellness Way. This is my 10th episode and nearly the halfway point of this new podcast's first season, which I've designated as an Ayurvedic journey. Back in November, I pledged to begin this podcast with an introduction to Ayurveda, since I believe that the life wisdom of Ayurveda is so integral in understanding our health and well-being. And since November, I've been providing weekly tidbits and tips for all of you to incorporate into your lives. And I hope that you've benefited. For those of you that are just now tuning in, be sure to take a listen to the first few episodes so that you can get a good foundation for the future shows. Today, I will go deeper in the realm of health by introducing the sense organs and the ways in which we interpret our world to make justifications and judgments. Letter J of the Ayurvedic alphabet. Welcome to your journey on Wellness Way. My name is Kim Lewicks. I'm a registered yoga instructor through Yoga Alliance and a certified Ayurvedic wellness counselor. On this podcast, we will discuss ways for enhancing our health through nutrition, fitness, aromatherapy, bodywork, daily routines, and the general connection of mind, body, and spirit. My goal is to share my past and current explorations in the systems of yoga and Ayurveda, which is the ancient traditional science of life, to create more joy, more vibrancy, sustainability and longevity for ourselves and for our community. Please join me on Wellness Way. When matter gets differentiated or diversified and the awareness of the self is generated, three qualities or gunas begin to surface. These are qualities of consciousness, which are termed sattva or illumination, rajas or intensity, and tamas, which is inertia or state of rest. Our minds use these qualities to develop and from here emotions and ideas are formulated. And this is how we connect our inner world with our outer world. In the mind, the state of rajas, or intensity, activity, and stimulation, is the dominant condition. And although rajas, or movement, knows no barriers, the mind tries to hold onto this quality. The mind also controls the motor organs that initiate the actions of our bodies. The other guna or quality that we take on with our consciousness is tamas. And this is the energy that remains with our materialistic existence. It's the matter or the power of substance that's connected to the elements. It's the proof of our being. Tamas is strongly connected to the elements and the sensations of sound, touch, vision, taste, and smell, which come directly from the five elements because sound is connected to space, touch comes from air, vision is generated by fire, and taste is a product of water, and smell is due to the earth element. The last guna that I'm going to talk about is the sattva guna, which is that clear, pure medium. In our consciousness, we use it for perception. It is in this state that we use our natural perceivers, the sense organs, to gain knowledge and information. In Sanskrit, which is the language of Ayurveda, knowledge is called jnana, J-N-A, N-A. And therefore, Ayurveda calls the sense organs, the jnana, sakti, or the knowledge of all that is. And these five sense organs are, of course, our ears, our skin, our eyes, our tongue, and our nose. And when you think of it, this is how we acquire our knowledge. There's no other way to perceive our environment without our senses Without the senses, we would not be able to interpret anything in or about the world. Essentially, there would be no world. We obtain practical information, justification, and we make judgments through our senses. We receive vibrations from objects. We absorb their impulses, and we analyze them to make decisions. The seeing, hearing, tasting, touching, and smelling create desires that we feel we need to fulfill. And subsequently, our minds direct our organs of action to respond. And we perform or we act in reaction to these impulses. Because it's so important to understand the connections of the elements and the senses in order to see how we are part of the universal nature, I'm going to recap this remarkable relationship. So I'll begin with the space element. The space element is where vibration comes from. And because we have vibration, there's sound, and that is connected to our ears and our vocal cords. The next element is air. And with air, we receive movement and then the sense of touch through our skin primarily and our hands. The third element, fire, is where we receive our illumination. And that is how we perceive and see with our eyes. Interestingly enough, the element of fire also is connected to our feet. And that's an interesting connection to me. And I came up with a few examples of maybe why that is. Number one is the expression, hold your feet to the fire. We always hear that um, from time to time in our society. And then there's also the, the vision or idea of walking on hot coals, That connects the fire and the feet. And I know through Ayurveda that the remedy for when you have burning eyes is to soak your feet in cold water. So all those examples give validation to the fire-feet connection. And then there's water, which provides cohesion And then from there, we receive taste, and we receive that taste through our tongue. And also, the element of water is connected to our urogenital tract and our reproduction. So there's that liquid connection from the water element. And then with earth, earth provides our structure. And with structure, we're allowed to smell because of the particles, and that's through our nose. But the earth element also gives us a, um energy of downward movement, right? The gravity and the structure. And so the anus is part of the connection to the earth element. And that's connected to elimination as well. So that downward movement is all part of that element. So when we talk about the senses, we know that they're capable of taking us on a wave of emotions that's pretty constant throughout our lives. And examples of that are, you know, from one extreme to the other, we feel joy and sadness, love and anger. We feel, it can feel soothed, or we can feel irritated, we can feel heated, or we can feel cold. We can have likes and dislikes, and we can be attached, or we can be withdrawn. And all this flow of energy moves outward into our environment. So the emotions or feelings can be also related to the senses, right, directly. Sound can be powerful and mighty. A touch can be loving and soothing. Sight can be controlling and understanding. Taste can form attachments and affection or strong likes and dislikes. And smell is connected to being melancholy or connected to our memories, right? So we can have feelings of joy or sadness through the sense of smell and how that's connected to our to our emotions. To pacify ourselves and our environment, it's wise for us to balance these extremes. We still want to be able to evaluate and make decisions based on our perceptions, but we don't want them to throw us off course so that we can harm ourselves or our surroundings. So think about the ways in which you may overuse or wrongly use your senses we are exposed to loud sounds that can be harmful to our physical body and our mental body we can receive aggressive heat or unbearable cold sensations we can see bright lights and find how that connects for us and how it affects us. And also that sense of light and um, sight, right, comes from the computer screens that we use daily. Um, For taste, we can have extremely hot and spicy foods or cold drinks and foods such as ice water or ice cream. And then there can be smells that can be noxious and those can come from anything in our environment, from chemicals or contaminants um, through the poor air quality that we may or may not receive or any type of a fume, which could come from even perfumes and harsh cleaning products that we're exposed to. And then there are also incidences where we underuse or completely shut down our senses. For instance, when we experience fear, shock, or depression, we might go inward and block our perceptions. So now I'd like to take a look at some objects that affect our senses specifically and how we can use them in a way that's harmonizing to the mind. For the sense of smell, the best example, in my opinion, for harmonizing is using essential oils. When I first learned about aromatherapy, I thought that it was just a pleasant way to enhance my environment. I was drawn to essential oils because, well, I have a keen sense of smell, but I didn't view them as critical components for my health. In the summer of 2016, I was diagnosed with trigeminal neuralgia, which is an inflammation of the fifth cranial nerve that can cause intense facial pain. In an attempt to get relief, I underwent a series of acupuncture treatments, and it was at that time that I was introduced to the medicinal usage of essential oils through my acupuncturist, Kayo Malik. Hi, Kayo, if you're listening. She literally opened my eyes to the health benefits of aromatherapy and the medicinal ingredients of these amazing natural elements that are found in plants and flowers. My first experience was with a particular oil blend called Peace and Calming. It's a Young Living brand. And one of its main components, tangerine oil, contains certain esters and aldehydes which are tranquilizing to the nervous system. So periodically throughout the day, I diluted a drop of that mixture with jojoba oil and I breathed it from my cupped hands. In conjunction with the acupuncture treatments, the oil blend was surprisingly effective in quieting my outbreaks. So having had some success, I wondered what else the field of aromatherapy had to offer my condition. And I did a lot of researching, and I ran across many oils with the, with the ability to soothe the nervous system. So I began to experiment with various oil combinations by adding a few drops to the diffuser and then letting its cool mist envelop the room. And some of my initial favorites included lavender, which is known for its anti-inflammatory properties, and lemon, which is a great general stress reducer and overall health overall health promoter. And an added bonus was how wonderful these essences made our home smell. The experience was truly an eye, or should I say a nose opener. But I'd like to share some fun facts now of essential oils that I learned um, There's a few here that I can share with you. Number one is the oils can penetrate the skin or enter the limbic system, which is the primitive brain center, through inhalation, and they actually move into the body at a cellular level. So they can either come, of course, penetrate the skin or come through the nose right, and move into the body at a cellular level, either, either method. So the chemical components of essential oils are taken from deep inside either the stems, leaves, bark, buds, roots of the plants, trees, and flowers that create these oils. And they mimic some of the components within our own bodies so they can cross barriers to enter our own cells. And in episode number eight, I spoke of the connection between the primitive brain or the limbic system and our emotions. So you can circle back and connect with that if you haven't already. So another fun fact of essential oils is that they are oxygen carriers. So oils are valued based on the percentage of oxygen that they can transport. And when you increase your oxygen levels, you are more apt to fight disease and generate overall good health. So that's a nice little fact for essential oils that I came across. Another one is that combining individual oils enhances the benefits of each oil. So there's a synergistic connection between some oils that when they're combined, it makes them even more effective than when they were, they're utilized individually. And the last little tidbit I wanna share with you is very interesting and pertains particularly to the sense of smell, is that internal organs Have smell receptors. So, recent studies have shown that many internal organs like the heart, the lungs, and the kidneys have their own smell receptors. So, individually, these organs are capable of being influenced by specific essential oils. Wow. The power of essential oils has been a wonderful discovery for me. And, like the system of yoga, aromatherapy has been used for thousands of years. So like the individual yoga postures, each oil gives you a myriad of benefits. Personally, I keep a diffuser in my yoga space where I practice, and I use it daily. And normally I use either sandalwood or frankincense, and for my room, which is pretty average size, I add about five to six drops of one or the other to my diffuser. And sandalwood and frankincense are very nice oils to incorporate into any type of yoga practice, meditation, or just if you're sitting, you know, and trying to relax, getting a mind wash, because they promote peacefulness and positivity, and they encourage focus and confidence as well. So suffice it to say, the essential oils really tame and harmonize the mind through the organ of smell. And if you want to connect with me more on this topic or you're interested in learning about the oils, I'll include a link to my Young Living website in the show notes for you. So the next sense that I want to talk to you about in detail is the um, sense of taste. And although I have a few episodes coming up with um, actually an episode on taste and spices, nutrition in general, I want to just touch on it for a moment to say that taste is a very large contributor to the quality of the mind. And some tastes or foods we eat are more stimulating in nature, like spicy foods. And others such as meats and dairy can weigh us down and create kind of a lower spirit. But in general, fresh, local, organic, and and a lighter type of food can give us the most mental energy and balance because they contain more prana or that life force energy that we've spoken about. And when you utilize and incorporate the six tastes, which are sweet, salty, sour, pungent, bitter, and astringent, you're harmonizing not only the body, but the mind as well. So now we'll turn to the sense of sight and color is a great example of how we can harmonize ourselves. And this quality has some chakra energy connections as well. Personally, there are certain colors that I know I'm drawn to, as many of you may also realize for yourself But did you know that colors are associated with specific energies? And in general, the colors red, orange, and yellow are stimulating and heating for the mind, while blue, green, and purple are more soothing and calming. So we can wear specific colors to lift our moods or surround ourselves with specific colored flowers, decor, or other colored objects to generate specific feelings or emotions. And remember, the eyes are related to our fire element and our digestion. So we're deeply processing everything we see. And color is the most significant quality for us to react to visually. So now I'll turn to the sense of touch. Touch is greatly influenced by texture. And there's natural elements in our world such as rocks and trees and grasses and plants. But there's also, we wear clothing that has a specific texture to it. And then there's also bodywork or massage that can influence our sense of touch. Touch is an important sense that we don't always think of as a sense organ, like the skin, right? And I have to say that touch, to me, is more than just a subjective quality or sensation, because I feel that touch goes very deeply. It's something we need to have as humans. And I'll include my pet chihuahua here, too. But as for sensation, we can differentiate and maybe create preferences for specific textures. And when I think of nature, again, I think of the texture like rocks, water, tree bark, plants, and the ground, which could be grass, sand, or even hard-packed soil, or, or a firmer rock, or gravel. But you can also bring texture right to your everyday experience through your choice of clothing, fabric. There's cotton. There's leather. Lace. Cashmere or wool. And each has their own unique expression for us to experience. And then there's body work. And Ayurveda considers Abhyanga, which is Sanskrit for massage, to be an important component to our health and healing. Whether we're trying to relax after a busy day or prepare for a good night's sleep, a nice foot Or head massage before bed is very comforting to the mind. And Ayurveda suggests warm sesame seed oil for grounding. So that's a good one to use in the evening or at night. Coconut oil can reduce the agitation and is more cooling for the mind. And then there's mustard seed oil, which is a little more stimulating for the mind. And then in addition to that, you can add specific essential oils to these carriers to create a different effect for the mind. And lastly, I'll turn to the sense of sound. And for this sense, I've chosen music for harmonizing the mind. Music is very subjective, I know, and it can be cultural or age-related as well. But soothing, spa-like music is most often generally relaxing to the mind. Personally, I gravitate to a music um, from a group called Liquid Mind. In fact, just saying that name puts me in a relaxed state. Remember that sound originates with vibration. And for vibration to take place, we need the element of space or akasha as it's called in Sanskrit. The element space is where sound is born and how it's transported. And of course, the sense organ corresponding to this is the ear. And besides recorded music, you can also harmonize the mind with mantra. And for those of you who have never heard of mantra, I'll explain. Mantra is the chanting or repeating of a specific sound or set of Sanskrit sounds and they can stimulate the energies of expression, purity, and communication. Mantra is one of the principal tools of classical yoga. And just like asana or postures support the body and pranayama supports the breath, mantra supports the mind. Each mantra or chant has an energetic pattern that's capable of affecting the mind and bringing the mind into a meditative state. And that Sanskrit language, which is the mantra language, has a vibratory quality that's said to awaken and connect with consciousness. So there are different types of mantras. There are bija mantras, B-I-J-A in Sanskrit. And these are known as the seed mantras. And they're pure simple sounds that resonate within the body at particular frequencies and points of the body. And these are the sounds most often correlated with the chakras. And some examples are Ram, Yum, Hum, Vam, and there's more. And then there are mantra verses. One of my favorite mantras is the Gayatri Mantra. The Gayatri Mantra from approximately 1200 BCE is a blessing that allows one to express gratitude to the universal spirit or the mother of the universe. And I see it as an all-embracing chant that transcends religion and speaks to the divine nature. It's the vibration for healing for our subtle bodies because it summons the source of light, the energy of awareness. And one of my teachers describes it as the precursor to the song, The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow from Annie. Personally, I liken it to Here Comes the Sun in one of my Beatles' favorite songs. Today I've chosen a special version of the Gayatri Mantra for you to listen to. And once I've let the verses repeat for a few rounds, I'm going to stop the recording so that you and me can remain in a silent space for a few moments, enjoying the vibrations that the mantra has created. And I'll also add the link for this mantra in my show notes so you can Listen to it again on your own. So here you go. Please enjoy.
1: ¡Para iu yo na faccio da
0: this afterglow celebrate your truth feel the purity and the clarity within you May this vibration illuminate your mind. And just like the sun on even the cloudiest day, may this vibration reveal your light. Namaste. The light within me salutes the light within you. See you soon. Back on Wellness Way.